And so far we saw what the Chavar answered him was that philosophy was based on human understanding and it didn't come from a tradition, it didn't come from a historical perspective of what there was before. Now, that might be a Hakdama, but the Kuzari follows up in his question. Even if we accept the point you're saying is right, he asks the Chavar, and they don't have a tradition. It was a new science which was developed by the Greeks themselves, but still what he says makes sense. Why don't we accept the logic of what he says? Why don't we accept the principles? So, here again, the Chavar is going to be the mouthpiece for Rabbi Levi's opinion. And this is like we said at the beginning, was one of the different approaches how to deal with the challenge of the philosophers. As you saw then, the Rambam's approach was to argue with the philosophers. The Ramban's approach was to explain I'll pick Kabbalah, I'll pick the Messiah we have, which is not something a human mind would have thought of, it had to have been something which was revealed to us. Rabbi Yudha Levi's approach was to deflect the question. And that's what he's going to do here as well. So let's see how he does it. Omar Achover came. You're right. But even with the, the science and the understanding that the philosophers had, he said there's still a reason you can argue with them. Why? The reason they had to come to their own conclusions or their own understanding is because of the lack of having a Kabbalah, of having a reliable tradition which they could rely on. And therefore, he's going to say like this. If a person has a Messiah that they can rely on, so they accept the Messiah. If a person doesn't have a Messiah, so now, he, if a person is looking at it, so to speak, without any background, so he's looking at it with like the option of how logical is it that there was a creation, that the, the, the narrative of the Torah is true? Or, how logical is it that there wasn't a creation and that the world happened on its own, however it happened, whatever philosophers wanted to say, if it always was, either of those two points. So they both have their difficulties. If a person is not coming from the position of understanding that there was a Messiah, which we accept, so looking at it from the outside, they both have their difficulties. Like any time, right, we have an account in the Torah of something miraculous happens. Whether it's the Matan Torah, whether it's the creation, it's Yisvichayim, the dispersion, the flood, wherever it's going to be. Right? So if we're starting with the position of we accept miracles, how do we, why do we accept miracles? We're still going to talk about what's the, what's the basis to accept the, the account of miracles, we'll still discuss. But if you're not starting with that Hakdama, you're not starting with that background, so you're looking from the outside, how likely is a miracle to happen? If that's the case, it's extremely unlikely. Right? And just in the, in the realm of science, miracles aren't meant to happen. There's a system how science works, there's the laws of nature, and this goes against the laws of nature. So if you're looking at it as a critical observer, without accepting the tradition, so of course you're not going to accept it. Is the other option more logical? And this is the Kuzari's main argument. It could be not. It could be not. But if you're choosing between two arguments, with both of them are inherently illogical, so to take the miraculous approach is, is the least likely one to do. And therefore the Kuzari's argument is going to be that the philosopher's explanation of how the world came about also isn't logical. It also has its difficulties. 
they chose it because they saw it as being the least, the less of the two, of difficult of the two options. And the reason was because you, you're not basing it on a Messiah. You're basing it on the probability or the likelihood of that happening. So if you're going to say, what's the statistical probability of a miracle happening? It's next to nothing because the thing, miracles don't happen on their own. Right? But if you're going to accept Hashem does miracles, we have a tradition about that. So then that answers the question. If you're not going to accept that, so then what other options do you have? So you have to consider other unlikely possibilities because you don't want to accept the concept of something which is miraculous, which means doesn't work within the framework as we see it. And that's basically how the Chav is going to answer. He's going to say, if you're not prepared to accept the Messiah, then we understand that's the route that the philosophers went. And therefore, out of the options, what they deemed to be the least likely one was the miraculous one. So therefore, they accepted any other option, whether it's Mstabir or not, whether it's provable or not. But you only get forced into that position when you're not prepared to accept Messiah. And therefore he says, It was hard for him to imagine a beginning of time, a creation. Even though it's also hard to explain that there wasn't a beginning, but they're both difficult. Once you have two difficult options, we look for, he decided in his mind, which he thought was the less difficult of the two options. And therefore he wanted to come to the idea that the world always existed. He wasn't interested in traditions. He didn't have a tradition. He's coming to weigh up the likelihood of each option on his own. And therefore, from a cold scientific standpoint, this is the less likely option. Miracles don't work in science. And therefore, he didn't accept that. If the philosopher would have started off with the principle of can you rely on a Messiah? Can you rely on a tradition? In other words, is there proof for the tradition as being reliable that you can't argue with that? He would have worked to try and explain that one, that, that side. Even though it's true there's difficulties in understanding it. In other words, uh, if I could paraphrase what the Kuzari is saying with the quote from the Ramban. The Ramban is actually not talking about philosophy at all. He's talking about halacha. And he's, he's in his introduction to Milchamas Hashem. The Milchamas was a safer written to defend the Rif. The Rif, as we know, was the first written to write a compendium of the Shas. The Balamor, who was a contemporary, that's slightly older than the Ramban. Basically, he, wrote the, he devoted his safer to attacking the Rif. And therefore, the Rif writes his Milchamas Hashem to defend the Rif. The Ramban, I'm sorry, he writes his Milchamas Hashem to defend the Rif against the Balamor. So, in Sakdama to the, the Milchamas Hashem, he explains. But why are you always going to argue with the Balamor? So he explains the side like this. He says, the truth is, if everything was completely straightforward, it was quite clear in each sugi what the halacha was meant to be, or what, or what the outcome of the sugi was, then nobody would argue. When, when something's clear, there's no room for arguments. He says, it's only in those places in the Gemara where it's not quite clear what the halacha is, or it's not quite clear what came out of the sugi, then there's a makam to argue. And he said, if that's the case, it's true that the Rif took one opinion. It's true that the Balamor took a different opinion. He's saying it doesn't mean that the other opinion is, auto- is straightforward. Either opinion has its difficulty, and the question just is which way, which way do you see as being the, less of the, two, the, the least difficult of the two approaches? Or the way you can explain better of the two approaches? Each one has its difficulty. And therefore he says, I'm always going to explain the Rif, because I am concede sometimes the Balamor has a point. But there's a difficulty both ways. So I want to explain why the Rift chose that as being the more 
easy approach to work with than going the other route. And basically that idea that you, if something's straightforward, you're not going to have two opinions on it. It's straightforward, so you can prove it. Or it's, it's much more logical. It's only when both opinions aren't, aren't clearly logical, one more than the other, they both, they both have their difficulty. Then the question is, out of my choice of two difficult options, which one am I going to try and work with? And which one am I going to put my mind to explaining? So that's the way that the Kuzari explains what the philosophers did. Specifically Aristotle, but the and passed all of them. And again, this is his shit. He's not going to argue with him. But he says, of course, they applied their minds to explain a position, but it wasn't straightforward. There's no proof for their position. There's no, there's no proof to prove that the world always existed or that it came into being on its own. But when they weighed up the option of is it more likely that a summer happened by itself or that there must have been a creator, then again, from their position, they couldn't understand how there could be a creator. And if that's the case, they put their minds to trying to explain the other side. So... You could explain both ways. They chose that way because in their scale of what they thought was easier to explain, that's what they wanted to work with. Because the other option is to accept the grade, which they didn't, they didn't want to have to do. He said, but by us, we don't get into that field. Because since we've already got a Kabbalah, so we can, that we, so we're already accepting as a creator, so then we'll explain the other way. It doesn't mean, and this is what he wants to get to, he's not disproving philosophy. For the same reason that philosophy is not disproving Yiddishkeit. They're explaining on different points. The equal point is going to be that everyone agrees that there's no out-and-out proof, this is what the Chilzari says, that they're wrong. They're explaining a side which is more difficult. We hold they're wrong. We hold they're wrong because we have a Messiah. Now, we can prove Messiah, not from science. We can prove Messiah from tradition, from history, from revelation, whatever it's going to be, he's going to prove Messiah from, and therefore we're going to explain that opinion. We can prove science also, he's just choosing that, right? And we can prove science also, he's just choosing that, Right, the Rambam does. The Rambam argues for science. The Rambam argues with the philosophy principles. Like I said, the Rambam didn't want to do that. And, and like I said at the beginning of the Shema of the Kazari, I assume the reason he didn't want to do that is because people respect his philosophy. And therefore, instead of arguing with it, he wanted to say, we don't, we don't need to confront it. Right? They were starting off on Hanukkah that we, we're going to decide ourselves what, what's logical, and therefore we're going to prove what we, we, we think is logical. And he's saying, we'll, 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 get, we'll get around them. We don't have to start from the point that we, we can decide ourselves as logical. We have a starting point from this area, and therefore we're going, th- th- we're going to accept that's the MS. Why? The Kadmus is more difficult. He says the, the Kadmus. The position of the philosophers is more difficult to explain. I'll read it again. He says that it's, uh, the truth is that it's harder to accept that the world happened by itself. How would such a thing happen? For them, for their in their mind, in their, in their worldview, they don't want to accept this Hashem. So therefore, they'd rather take. So the only way, the only way to explain Bria is to accept a miracle, to accept Hashem. If they don't want to do that, then they're going to explain another approach because that fits more with the way they want to work than having to accept that there's Hashem or that there's miraculous intervention. Really so he says, of course, it's much more difficult to explain. If you accept the principle of miracle, it's much more straightforward. How did it happen? Because Hashem made it happen. It's as straightforward as that. It's only if you're not going to accept the principle of a miracle that why won't you accept that? Why won't you accept it as a miracle? Because, because this is the Ramban in the Torah also, because the, the philosophers refuse to accept that. They refuse to accept that it's something they can't understand. And therefore, the concept of dealing with an option of maybe the world came about in a way we can't understand, that was an option for them. 
And therefore, they had to work with something that they could, they, they could imagine how it happened. There was no proof of what they say, but, but the starting point where they started from was, it has to be an understandable procedure. When you get to the... Who told you? Why, why did you make the Hanukkah? Right? If you're prepared to accept that maybe it wasn't an understandable uh, occurrence. Maybe it was something miraculous, which we know happened, but we can't explain. So then the, the, the basis of what they're trying to explain falls away. It, why do they get there? The Lashon Rabbanah Torah was, it's only because they had no, the same thing as Kuzari, because they had no Hakdamas. They had no tradition, the Greeks. They were, the, the Yavani and Talmidov started off on their own, and therefore they thought that they could prove everything in their understanding. Because even Aristo, had he had a, a Kabbalah, he would have... That's exactly what Kuzari said. Had Aristo had a Kabbalah, then he would have used his mind to explain that side. It was only because he was starting on the other side, so he started to try and prove the other way around. Why didn't they have a Kabbalah? So this we saw a few weeks ago. And that is because Greece was the first empire which lived in the post-Navur era. Which means it was they were transferring new territory. Until then, the world accepted those prophecy. There was something spiritual. And people were aware of it. Whether they misused it for Avedazara or they used it correctly for Navur, whatever it was, but the reality of a spiritual existence was there. So, no one before the Greeks came along with the theory that things happened physically without a spiritual part. It was clear to them that there was a spiritual, that there was a spiritual dimension to the world. It was only when that level of spirituality was separated from the world, when the verse ceased, so that, that, that spiritual understanding was cut off. So now, then, the first people after that were the Greeks who came along to try and understand a world without, without awareness of anything spiritual. It was, they weren't aware of that. They didn't have a Messiah of it, and they didn't see it anymore. So now we have to try and understand a world which we, we, without understanding the spiritual. Now the Amos says you can't. You can't. Because at, at some stage you're going to have to go back to the point of creation. So we're going to have to involve the spiritual in, in, in how the world came about. Things don't create themselves. And if that's the case, we're going to, the only recourse is, even if we aren't aware of it now, but we're going to have to go back, and that's what happened then. If you're not prepared to accept that, you're going to only see things in the terms of what we're aware of. So you're going to have to try and think of some other solution or some other explanation about how things happened. Right? But that doesn't mean it's logical. It doesn't mean it's logical. You've put yourself in a position where you're going to have to say something else and you're going to have to try and explain something else. And that's what the Guzari's argument is. Philosophy isn't starting from considering all options equally. They're not prepared to consider the, the spiritual option. They're only prepared to consider physical options. And if that's the case, they're going to say, out of the options we have, this is the most logical. Uh, just as an aside on this, philosophy and science, Betzim, uh, one is, the, is just the, the brainchild of the other. The principles of uh, scientific analysis until today really were laid down by the Greek philosophers also. Uh, I once had, had, heard this discussion from a, I don't know if it's a professor of science or a teacher of science, whoever it was, the same thing. And that is when, you are, when they're trying to explain to you today how the world came about whether it's the evolutionary principle or any other principle they're going to use. And you're going to say, one second, do you really believe it's logical that that's what happened? You can ask questions on the, on the whole evolutionary theory, whatever it is. Do you really believe it's logical that's what happened? So I, I can't say what the textbook answers, but what this particular scientist told me was, look, out of the options we have, it's the most logical. Right? In other words, you can't prove it. We don't have a, a hard, hard scientific fact to prove everything they want to say. But out of the options they're prepared to consider... So that's, that's the, the most logical one they have to work with. Are you prepared to consider the option that maybe Hashem created the world? No, that's not an option. That's not science. So if you're not going to take creation into the equation, so you're going to look at what other explanations can we give 
So then, okay, whatever you're going to come up with as being the most logical that I can work with, you're going to assume that's what happened. Because you're limiting your options. Now again, it's exactly like the philosophers. If, it's, if the way you're going to look at the world is only, I see the physical, only something which I can examine and explore and prove and identify, so then you're cutting off the option of a, a spiritual big, uh, entity. You're, you're cutting off the option of miraculous intervention. If that's the case, you're limiting your choices. So if that's not an option, what is? So you have to look at what other options that people can concoct, think of, theories, whatever it's going to be, and work with whichever one you consider to be uh, the one which is the easiest to work with. It doesn't mean everything is resolved. It doesn't mean you've proved it. It means that out of the, up, the difficulties there are, this is the least. But why are you limiting your options? And that's what the Kuzari says here also. But if the, the philosophers started from that same point. We're only prepared to accept what we can see, or what we can understand. So therefore, spirituality, miraculous intervention, creation is not an option. Now that it's not an option, what's our next best choice? Why do you take it out of the picture? On the contrary, we're going to say that it is an option. And if it is an option, then we're going to work with it. Now, if there was a clear proof on the physical level, I'm saying we have proofs of creation from, we spoke about it, and we spoke about the Ikrim, there are proofs that there has to be a creation. I'm saying if you could have a physical proof, which was uh, unarguable, okay, there'd be nothing to say. He says, we, the proof we have is that there is Hashem, that He revealed Himself to us, and He tells us He created the world. Because I Himself said this before. He revealed Himself to us, He told us, that's how we know. We don't have to look for other options. But it's the philosophers who weren't prepared to accept that, and if that's the case, they've limited their own pool of options, so they're going to apply their minds to explaining a difficulty. That's pretty much the... The, the argument of the Kazari. Which is that's where they're coming from. 100%. It doesn't mean it's right. It means I can understand it. The Shitasam makes, makes sense. I yesterday with That the uh, expansionist model of the world has been proven that something that Aristotle didn't know. He, uh, clearly not. He, held, he, held, he, he, he sat down as a constant model. Now, that proves beginning. But now, what was the nature of that beginning? So then again, if you're prepared to accept mirac- miraculous intervention, that's very simple. Hashem created the world. If you're not prepared to accept that, then you're going to have to come up with some other theory how it started. Whatever the most, uh, or let's say the least difficult theory you can come up with, you're going to come up with, because you're not prepared to accept the fact of creation. And that's what the Kazari says to him. Amar Kazari, Isn't there a proof to this question? In other words, you say that the philosophers are taking a point which they have to try and explain because it's the least bad option, so to speak. There's no proof. How are we going to prove it? This the Torah is going to go against something which is provable. In other words, we can't prove the Torah wrong. If you'd be a proof they're right, you're saying proving the Torah wrong. There's no such thing. The Torah's position is Hashem. Well, how do things happen? Hashem made them. You can do what He wants. And therefore, we have an answer to everything. The answer is miracle. If you're prepared to accept the argument, then again, it's like, to say it encapsulates the point, there's no, it's not, we're not communicating. We're talking two different languages. Right? I'll give you another marshal of the same idea. Right? If you would go to the average nun from secular Jew in Israel, and you would tell him that it's important to me that you should keep Shabbos. Why? So I said, because I understand that all you can keep Shabbos will bring us here. You're not talking the same language. He's not going to understand what you mean. What does it make a difference to you if I keep Shabbos not? It's going to bring my sheikh. What are you talking about? Now, again, you're starting from a position where we're talking in different dimensions, right? I understand that 
Tais will show the Chava when everyone keeps Shabbos, they'll bring Mashiach. He doesn't know what you're talking about. It's not Shabbos, not Mashiach. It's like we're talking different languages. It's the same thing over here. We're gonna, what, what's our answer to all the ex- existential questions of existence? The answer is Hashem created it. It's Hashem. He created it. And that's why it is. We're not talking the same language. And therefore he says, Whether the world's created or it always was is a deep question. You've got no rise for one side more than the other one. And what's going to machria? What's going to decide? What the side for us is we have a tradition. We don't, we don't have to make up the answer. We have a tradition that's been passed down. Right? We accept the, the tradition, we accept the evidence of the fact that the Torah was given, that's why we know what happened, as, more, as a stronger side than any logic, that, because there isn't proof. In the logic they want to put, put forward. And therefore, the, and therefore, the reason we argue with philosophers is not because we argue with the principle of philosophy or because of the analysis. We're holding that they're starting in the wrong point. And that is, you're starting with the denying the point that we accept as a, as a starting point. So, well, what's the Kazari gain? He's, he's not entering into an argument, are the philosophers right in what they said or not? Which is what the Rambam did. We're not trying to argue whether they're right or they're wrong. Let's say they're right. They, but they're right from their perspective. They're right from where they started from. And we started from a different point. That's the, that encapsulates the answer of the Chacham. And the Kuzari's answer, Daily Vitaina Sedu, I'm a speaker, so I hear what you're saying. He, he's prepared to accept that. And how then, they, how you're going to discuss it the other way around. The Chacham said, I think we, we, we're starting from a different position because we hold that there's a tradition, we have a Messiah. Right. And therefore, we're going to accept the Messiah, even when no, we're not trying to explain things on logic, we have a Messiah, Hashem created it. Right, so the Kuzari hears that, now he's going to be the other way around to explain the Messiah, which we'll have to do next time.